0: have to say that during this last few years, I have been very grateful uh, for the work of the Epoch Times. Um, I use that on the morning show for great information about COVID, all the latest up to date, uh, just in what's happening all over the world. They have just grown before our very eyes in their reach and the excellence with which they report. But who are they? you know, what is this outlet? And I've shared this with listeners, you know, I've suggested that you, you know, look at the Epoch Times for your information. Uh, Well, who's behind the Epoch Times? Well, we're going to find that out in today's podcast, and I hope you'll stay tuned. This is Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7, and we are sponsored by preborn.com. Preborn does provide ultrasounds for women who are in a pregnancy that they're not sure uh, they want to have. They're not sure they want to keep that baby. And the ultrasound provides a way for them to see the baby for the first time. And so that's what we talk about mostly because that's what they do. But they also offer pregnant women financial and material assistance, and they counsel them. They counsel them on adoption, pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, parenting classes, and also they are an absolute Christian ministry where they tell these girls and their husbands or boyfriends or whoever's ear they can get about the redemptive power of Jesus Christ, uh, the forgiveness, and all of that. And so they minister to the women, not only their physical needs, but also the spiritual. If you would like to help them, I'll go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And if you'd like to contact us, you can do that by calling 662- Eight two one two zero four zero six six two eight two one two zero four zero, or you can write us at Sandy at afr.net. That's Sandy at afr.net. All right, so sit back and relax and enjoy the unlocked mystery of the epoch times on Sandy Rios twenty four seven. All right, Sandy Rios, back with you. Now, on still on Radio Row at CPAC 2023. Uh, this next guest is someone i wanted to interview for the last couple of years because I find the Epoch Times fascinating, and I find their story fascinating. And I know something about it, but not enough about it. And uh, then along comes, uh, I know that they are Chinese, I, I'll call them dissidents, uh, they're certainly not friends of the, the CCP, behind it. But our next guest is not Chinese, so I I find myself wondering, how did this happen? Jan Yakelik is the senior editor for Epoch Times, and I finally roped him in to sit down because he's always interviewing people, so now I'm going to interview you, Jan. Thanks for joining me.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to be here. That's true. You know, we've been seeing each other at these events for years now, and it's only now that I get into the hot seat, so I'm very excited. (laughs) Okay, the
0: hot seat. (laughs) All right. I have to, you know, because of your name now. You have to tell me. I don't know. I've I've no idea. Is that Czech? What is it? That? Well,
1: that's that's a great guess because uh, it's actually Polish. And so my parents, they were uh, they were dissidents in communist Poland, and they had to escape in the early seventies, and uh, they got out. It's kind of a kind of a crazy story. My mom, she uh, she had let's just say both our families were heavily persecuted both by the Germans, you know in the, the Nazi regime and then the Soviet occupation as, it, as all of them thought of it right after the World War two. So my mother had this actually was getting this pretty high position in the sort of agriculture sector and they told her, okay, now you get to join the Communist Party. You know, the, you, we're going to give you the greatest, because that, of course, is the greatest honor in a communist society, right? And she, she just couldn't do it. She had to say no. And this because? is. Because? Well, because aside from the fact that she didn't accept the ideology, because these communists had been persecuting our families, and she knew it was bad, and she knew it wasn't something she could be a part of. But the problem, <laughs> as you might imagine, is this, is this isn't an offer you can refuse easily. Right? Because you're right. basically saying. It's the only
0: game in town. You're in a saying. Country. Well,
1: it's, it's, it's the game to untold riches and power right. and everything. And if you say no, you're basically saying, I'm against the system. Right. And you know what that means. Yes. She had to get out. So, yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy.
0: Interesting. Jan, um, were you. Look, all the Polish, certainly during World War II, were targeted and suffered, the Jews especially. But was there a reason, were you guys, was it your faith, was it your, were you Jewish? I mean, was there anything particular besides the fact that you were Polish, that you suffered so much like that?
1: Well, so my fam, both my families were involved in various ways in the Polish underground. So kind of a long, long story, but my, my, on my mother's side, um, the part of the family actually uh the guy named Otto Beuveit he was the first Polish vaccinologist curiously he worked with Louis Pasteur he brought the technology to Poland he did the rabies vaccine was the first one that's what they were working on and he was a very respected person among the family but so but so on this side of the family they actually used the basically the the vax, I guess you would call it I think they they tried translating from polish here but it's basically like a vaccine factory the place where they were working on all this the laboratory right they were using that as a place where they they basically would take the orthodox jews on one end and kind of redress them make them look like gentiles out the other door there was this whole kind of operation that happened uh because well it was horrible what was being done to the jewish people right so that's one and then um Sort of the the the, these two families basically married each other. The other family, there was a situation where, you know, one of the one of the brothers was basically caught with a weapons cache for the Polish underground, and was going to be executed. And uh, you know, ultimately, they uh, he. It's crazy that the stories are crazy because he actually had a cousin in Germany, right? Because there's a lot of border moving around and so forth. This cousin came and said, look, if you just renounce being Polish, you can go free. I'm gonna, we'll let you go, right? And, and he's like, I can't do that. So they killed him, right? And so these are these are the kind of realities that people face. So on, you know, on the, basically my, both my families and, my, and, and the Jekieleks, that family actually comes from the region where the Auschwitz concentration camp was built originally. And there was a lot of various type of activity around there. And some of them were involved in basically smuggling things in, smuggling things out. Um, and just a number of them lost their lives. So, you know, basically these are, (laughs) families that were, <laughs> they're never simpatico with the regime. And even before, even the, the Tsarist regime, when Poland didn't, prior to World War One, when Poland didn't exist and under Russian occupation, they were involved in uprisings against the Russians and so forth. So we just never liked, they uh, uh, never liked governmental control, I think.
0: Well, yeah. and, and it's interesting because when you think of Poland now or Polish, there's certain things, oh uh, nations, the concept of nations changes. I think the concept or the notion of what America is now is changing in the world, unfortunately. Uh, but the Polish don't have a high, they don't hold a high place in the world in terms of just general knowledge. But the truth is, the Polish were world leaders. And, and you, Prussian at one point, you were part of Prussia.
1: We were, so we were subdivided, just prior to World War One for almost 150 years Poland was divided among Prussia or Germany Russia and the austro-hungarian Empire in the south what they call Galicia right so and the Russians were kind of the I think the worst the the red Germans were close to second and then but in austria-hungary they just said give us the taxes and do your thing which of course it's not nice being occupied so
0: no no, <laughs> no but you have a proud history. Mm-hmm. as warriors and world leaders. that's what I, I yeah. the point I was trying to awkwardly make. All right, so uh, that's fascinating, John. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. And that, that says that tells us a lot about your passion for what you do now because uh, one of the things I didn't say, I mean you are a senior editor, but you handle the, all the interviews. well, I, I think most of the interviews of the major uh, news headline makers in, the, in today's time. And I want to get to that in just a second. But I do want to ask you just basically quantify for me uh, who is behind the Epoch Times, who behind the curtain, who is, uh, the Epoch Times has become, the, I recommend it, I have for the last least two years, recommended it to my listeners over and over again, because I found it to be such a great source of trustworthy information. So people want to know, well, who's behind that? I think I know, but tell us.
1: Absolutely. No, and I just want to say, Sandy, thank you. Because so one of the things that a lot of people don't know, and I'll explain how this came about, is that we don't have a big backer. Unlike most media out there, we don't have a billionaire. You know, we're actually funded by our subscribers to something like 80%.
0: That's interesting. Okay,
1: so like every every time you go out on the radio and say, I love Epoch Times, (laughs) read this Epoch Times story, and we get that one more subscriber, that's our lifeblood. So you are making a profound difference for us. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'll just say that, and that's also to all the listeners. You know, if you if you love Epoch Times, there's a lot of people here that do. Please, uh, uh, you know, share it with people. I often, you know, I've heard many stories like this. I'll just say this quickly: um, when people just give it a chance and read it for a moment, they realize, oh wow, this is something I wasn't expecting. You know, and that that's how we've been able to grow a lot. Okay, so how did it start? Um, so you. Some of your listeners may be familiar, but I'll kind of spell it out a little bit. Back in 1989 in China, it was a pivotal moment. Okay, in China, there was this huge student movement in '89. Okay, and for democracy all over the country. Okay, and it, the center of it was in Tiananmen Square. And you may have seen the Goddess of Democracy they erected. And many of you may be familiar. There was a massacre, the Tiananmen Square massacre. At least 5,000 people were mowed down by the People's Liberation Army. Okay. And John Tong, he's our president of the Epoch Times today. He was among the students, not in Be- not in Beijing, in the broader student movement, and that movement was crushed that day by the Chinese military. Okay, I'll just make a funny anecdote here too. That in Poland, that very same day, okay, June fourth, eighty-nine, were the first post-communist elections. So Poland went one way, and the Iron Curtain fell. China went the other way. Okay, same day. John left China. He was able to do it some years later because he was brilliant. He was a physicist. He got a scholarship to Georgia Tech, went, never went back, wanted to put it all behind him. But in 99, the Chinese regime, and this is the thing about Chinese regimes, they always have somebody that has to be the enemy. There's always someone that you have to blame all the problems of society on because it's definitely not the Communist Party that's to blame, right? They're the they're the source of all the good and all the perfection and everything, but anything bad. So it was the students in '89, and and they turned on a group called Falun Gong in '99. So this is ten years later. And this was a group. It was a popular spiritual practice. Okay, basically unusual, non-hierarchical, very unusual. People would just share it with each other. But it grew to be a hundred million people by various estimates—seventy to hundred million people practicing this. So this was bigger than the Communist Party of China. Very grassroots. Share the spread one person to another. Um, Unlike, let's say, you know, we've heard about dissident minorities in Xinjiang, the Uyghurs or the Tibetans, which are relatively small populations, you know, five or ten million. This was across the entire society. All basically the main Han, the Han Chinese, right? The the main ethnic group, Communist Party members, high level Communist Party members, farmers, everything in between, and even those ethnic minorities, right? So, and so there, wait, yeah.
0: communist party members joined the Falun Gong. Yeah, Falun of course, Gong. of course. I there didn't know. I did mil- not know that. Mil- That's millions, millions,
1: ostensibly. I right? didn't know that. Yeah, and it because it, there was no, it had no political interest. It had no political motivation. It wanted people were basically kind of empowering themselves, living truthfulness, compassion, forbearance. These are the principles, right? And and people really took it to heart, but it's like you're supposed to kind of live in the world, whatever it is that, you, whatever it is else that you're doing. This is just part of that. It's not doesn't take over your your life in that sense, right? That that's how I understand it anyway. So so this you know it became big, and 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 Communist Party doesn't like things it can't control, right? So they imagined that we can just take away the leaders. There's a kind of there's a founder of Falun Gong, or a, or a teacher is another term they use, named Li Hongzhi. So he wrote a lot of teachings for practitioners, but he's not—he's not the leader or something like that, right? But they—but in a communist mentality, it's always has to work like that. Frankly, even in the West, we think like that too sometimes, right? So they—they they, they imagine they will we'll just take away the leaders; it'll just collapse. But there's no leaders. People are just doing this because they want to, because it's helped them with their health. A lot of people were kind of recovering. There was, you know, from all sorts of diseases. Anyway became massive and they decided okay now so we got it, we're gonna get rid of it 1999 they make it illegal they say in the words of the dictator we're gonna eradicate this group it's a threat it's something we can't control right and initially people just sort of went and did these large it's not exactly protests they would they went to places like Tiananmen Square they went to all these different offices to appeal hey, you're doing something wrong what like what did we do they didn't do anything right? They started arresting people, putting people in these camps, and then they had to develop. This is where it becomes relevant to media. I know you, you're wondering where I'm going with this. No,
0: no, no, no. Interested, yeah, yeah. Interested, fascinated.
1: Yeah, no. Well, so so, whenever you target a group that in society, you have to explain to your population why, right? And these are like these people are like model citizens, right? Like ostensibly, because they're they're trying, they're very serious about living li- living these principles, getting healthy, and now you're saying well they're they're the enemies of the state so you craft a massive propaganda apparatus and a whole you know talking points straight out of 1930s germany right to, to bring us back there for a moment okay and you demonize these people so that the rest of the population can accept what you're doing because how, how would they otherwise right
0: so it's happening now here yeah. you know that
1: yeah 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 so so well so that's what's very interesting right so so john in atlanta is now looking. He's seeing his friends are disappearing. Is you know there's this horrible propaganda that's coming out about one in 13 Chinese is being demonized. Sound it's it's beginning to sound a little familiar here, right?
2: Yeah.
1: And 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 he's like, no, I'm going to start a website and I'm going to tell the truth. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to tell the truth here. And he had a bunch of smart friends that knew how to do that. You know, they were at Georgia Tech. So and this little website exploded because everybody wanted to know the truth. You know, it's the it's truth is a funny thing, right? People want it. Someone I, I heard somewhere. I think it's, it's like a line. Just let it let it go, and it'll you know. <laughs> you, you. I know so, that
0: quote very well. I'm gonna find it for you.
1: Okay, thank you. I, I I can't remember it off the top of my head, but so to, to make a long story short, right? Um, it started in Chinese language for Chinese, and then you know millions of Chinese in China were reading it. And then it's sort of, well, this is, wow, this is working. This is great. So we'll start it in English. It's actually up in, in something like uh, 22 languages right now. Okay. And uh, English maybe, you know, five, seven years ago, something like this. It eclipsed the whole Chinese operations, you know. And, and, of course, we started covering things other than China and whatever was, you know, the interesting topics of the day and that the time when we really where things really changed for us actually well i'll will t- tell you two things okay one thing was around the time trump announced his candidacy i observed having been watching the chinese media my interest was always china more than other things right the our media changed and conservatives will say and i didn't even you know i didn't even know what conservative was at the time okay i'll tell you frankly um, People, conservatives will say oh yeah it was always like that always left-leaning media sure fine except that something changed around that time because it, it became like a wall of the same message and that's what i had been used to seeing among Communist Party media in China it was stunning to me because I was like I know the pattern I know this what's going on that's what I was thinking right is so that so that so that's one thing right but the, and then we started reporting on what later became known as Russia gig Right. Which is basically this doesn't make sense. Like Trump is a Russian agent. What? <laughs> exactly. Like this is like, just let's, everything let's, is let's, about
0: Putin is a lot more strong than he has been in a decade or so. He's, they're going to take over the world. I know it's just a ridiculous narrative. It, it was
1: ridiculous. And, and, and just even just looking at the available evidence, it was ridiculous. And of course, you know, a lot of people weren't happy with us reporting this. This is this is like this is just basic reporting we were doing. Right. And suddenly. We're pejoratively being called conservative. We're whatever. All sorts of stuff starts going down. And actually, that was one of the first times I went out to CPAC because I was like, (laughs) I went I wanted to find out who are these conservatives (laughs) that were being called pejorative anyway. And of course, we, I learned later, we never thought in these categories. Later, I learned, oh, we have conservatives on our staff. I said, hey, Stephen, are, are you conservative? He's like, of course, I'm conservative. <laughs> you didn't know that. Right. <laughs> anyway, I was like, no, great. OK, this is great. <laughs> anyway, but we didn't we didn't care about such things. We were just doing media. Right. And so but here we are. So, you know, in CPAC, we learned I just learnt, met a lot of people that that were very interested in the types of things we were interested in reporting on and Over the years, I mean, it's kind of incredible. And again, I have to thank you for for being such an Epoch Times booster. But I love being at CPAC because there's a lot of people here who, you know, just get a lot of value out of our media.
0: Well, I think the common bond is the whole thing of truth. It's truth. We conservatives want not that they always manage it. But it's truth. They have a sense of truth, and they want to know what the truth is, and they want to speak the truth on all issues. And the, the quote, I have it actually at the end of my email. I should have been able to record it for you. Every time I send an email, it's, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose. It will defend itself.
1: Oh, I <coughs> love that. And I that love was, that. So you have that on your...
0: I have that on my email. That <laughs> is fantastic. St. <Saint> Augustine. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true. And I think that people... No matter where they come from in terms of their spiritual background, they have a heart for truth. They just do. Like, I remember I was in the Soviet Union in Moscow for two weeks doing interviews uh, just before Boris Yeltsin was elected president, before it broke up. And honestly, the thing that struck me on is everybody was just, they were waking up to things they'd never heard ever in their lives. It was like, like someone who'd been in a coma coming out of it. And trying to catch up with, you know, what had happened in the world, it was just amazing. I think that um, desire for truth is very, very strong. And I want to say to my listeners, because a lot of them are Christians, that the fact that Jan talked about uh, Falun Gong, look, the thing that we have in common with them is this pursuit of truth. And that's what Epoch Times represents. In fact, Jan, during the COVID during the COVID lockdowns, you guys were the you were the bomb, and I don't mean to be make light of it. Do you know what that means? That's a, that's colloquialism. That, that, that's a good thing. An American. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. No, you were you were just incredible, and uh, I don't know what I still uh, look to you for information on that. So, um, okay, one last thing, personal thing for you. You do all of these interviews with all the newsmakers, and which you know that what a great job. I that's what I do too, but I have to work really hard to get everyone um is what's like as you look back on all these interviews you've done with newsmakers what what one or two really stand out to you and I know that's a tough choice it may not be that they're like the best person but just some memory that makes it stand out to you
1: It's a very good question and actually so as it would happen today <laughs> I have an interview coming up with Yonmi Park who's a North Korean defector she wrote this is her second book but I'm going to speak to my first interview I did with her because that, that is just an incredibly memorable interview because North Korea is an unimaginably repressive society, right? she for, I'll mention she is more down on the Chinese Communist Party than she is on North Korea. Why? Because she understands that it's the Chinese Communist Party that funds that entire regime to deflect from its own various miscarriages horrible miscarriages of justice. So, anyway, the thing that about her that that really struck me. I mean, she was so how do you get out of North Korea? Well, one way you get out is you think you're going to go find some work across the border, very dangerous journey, right, to China. But what you really but the people that are taking you over are really going to sex traffic you. Okay, because the people don't come back. So you don't know, right? So she gets, she goes over. Her sister went across the border. She wants to find her. Her and her mother go across, and suddenly, they're in the maws of the sex traffic industry. And you and you can't get away because if they if they will report you, right to the to the North Korean authorities, if you try to go back, and you're you're basically going to be killed or worse, right? So you're basically stuck in this situation. And so she's sex trafficked and and all this stuff, but. This guy that ends up being—it's like her pimp or whatever—I don't—I don't know why, what you call it there—but but basically, he actually rescues her father from China, right? Kind of like unbelievable, right? And she, you know, she's very thoughtful about this. She's like, "I hate, of course, I hate this man. This man did terrible things. At the same time, he saved my father. I kind of appreciate that from him." She's she's able to think about—I mean, through the horror that she's been through, she's able to think about, I guess, the complexity of the human condition, even though. You know, you can just imagine. Maybe you can't even imagine, right? What, what she's had to go through. I really respected her for this, and I think this—it's it, a her—the her, her, way she's able to—and—and and because of this nuance, she's able to see the direction we're heading in. And this is actually what her new book, this interview that I—that is we're publishing tonight on Epoch TV on American Thought Leaders—is about. She's talking about how, on the one hand don't call it China or, or North Korea we're not there like we're having this conversation right now like we, there's a ton of freedom here on the other hand there's some really troublesome directions that we've gone and and it reminds me of North Korea and we shouldn't be doing this right so I mean of course she says it a lot more eloquently yeah, than yeah. I just no, did but, No, but the, you captured
0: it for sure uh, yeah I'm just I was the chairman I was the first chairman of the North Korea Freedom Coalition and I was oh, in wow. North Korea on 9/11. So I have some acquaintance with that, but that's, I understand completely why that's the most compelling. That's what comes to your mind. And one last question, what is the person, who is the person that fascinates you, uh, that you have not interviewed that you'd like to?
2: Oh,
1: wow. The, uh, Sandy Rios? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that would be fascinating. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. Oh my goodness. Who would, who would it be? That, is it, living or dead? You know, you know. I, I, I'll tell you. Like, I would. The the person I'm so unhappy that I haven't been able to interview, um, uh, because he passed, was Isolde Oh yes. I would have loved to interview Sozheitzen. Oh yes. And I'll just I'll just plug his. Uh, I think it's a 1972 Harvard commencement speech. Just Google that. And if you haven't seen this, it's the most mind-blowing thing because he basically, I, I, th- I hope I'm getting the date right, but it's the only one he did because he was cancelled after that. So what happens is they invite Harbert and he's written the Gulag, Gulag Archipelago, he's basically shown the world the truth of the Soviet Union and you can't fight, you can't argue it. He wins the pol- Nobel uh, Prize for Literature for this, okay? you were gonna say you're gonna say that? No, yeah, 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 I yeah, just yeah, yeah, I'm
0: totally fascinated by this. Well, because and
1: so so he Harvard invites him to give a commencement. He avoids. He doesn't want to talk. He's done. He's done his magnum opus. He's done his work. But Har- finally, Harvard is so relentless. He comes and he speaks. And what does he say? Well, you should you should listen to this or read it. But in short, he says, "I wouldn't wish your system on my motherland, Americans. I wouldn't wish your system on the motherland." on my motherland, even though it's horrible over there. Wow. Right? Wow. And he explains why and and he predicts a lot of what we're seeing today in nineteen seventy two. It's really worth checking out. I mean it's just it's just okay, he yeah, was I've- he was so prescient and so thoughtful. So that, I mean, that that's a person if you want to know. Down. I I'm going to do that. I'm going to, you got, <laughs> yeah. I
0: got an assignment now. Yeah. Jan, um, thank you. This has been fascinating. And I want to recommend again, commend as I always do, the Epoch Times to each of you. They, there's a small subscription fee. It's very small. Uh, but it's it's really worth it. It's it's information that you can trust because of Jan's hard work and because of the people that work with him. So Jan, thank you. Thank you very much for joining me.
1: Sandy, this has been so fantastic. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Sandy Rios 24-7 is growing, and we want to help you grow, too. If your business or nonprofit is interested in sponsoring Sandy Rios 24-7, you can email us at infowagemedia247 at gmail.com. That's infowagemedia247 at
0: gmail.com.
1: This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio.
0: All right, Sandy Rios back with you. Wasn't that interesting? I really, I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And um, I hope it was kind of clear what Jan was saying about the Epoch Times. It's, I realize a lot of you are, uh, Christ- your whole background is Christianity, minus two. Uh, but because I've traveled, sometimes it helps you to think a little bit differently. Uh, and I think um, when it comes to the Epoch Times, no, they're not Christians. They're not, but the intersect between us and uh, this particular group is truth, and and you can see from their writing that they are committed to truth, so that's why I feel good about uh, recommending it to you. I've asked Bruce to join me. Um, sweetheart, what did you think about that? That was pretty interesting, don't you think?
2: Yes, I uh, remember approximately 20 years ago when I was assigned to the FBI in Chicago, the post office was right across the street from our building, and they had a large plaza. And probably once every week or two, Fulong Gong was down there doing their exercises. They they do basically a, a nonviolent martial art, and it was beautiful. And there would be hundreds of people doing it. And then they would also have... Editions of the Epoch Times. I had never seen one before. Twenty years ago. Yes. Oh and, wow. Uh, and they would they would uh, have that there and try to you know let you know that there are there is oppression coming from communist China. So even back oh, that then, that is really they interesting. were on guard against it.
0: Yeah, I, I did not know that. And isn't it interesting that Jan, who's Polish, has linked up with them. They and they, they're pulling in writers. Uh, from all, In fact, Kelly, uh, Kelly used to be the newsman at Fox. We saw him at CPAC. The black newsman is now with Epoch Times, and Kelly's a oh, Christian.
2: Okay.
0: He came up to talk to me and told me that it was pretty interesting. So they're gathering really good writers, uh, and they're because they're growing so much, they have the funding to do that. Now, that doesn't mean they're well-funded, not like the Chinese outlet we talked about a couple of days ago that was backed by a Chinese billionaire. Epoch's not like that. <laughs> I think they're... Uh, they're, but uh, they, they do uh, survive on uh, subs- subscriptions. And so mm. I, I recommend to everyone that they sign up for that. They'll find out some great information. Do you think he made it clear who Fulong
2: Gong was? Well, I, what I would say is that they are people that have a belief. It's not, say, a party, things like that. It's a, it's a mindset. It's a peaceful mindset. And it's a freedom loving mindset and that's not allowed in China. And so many people have fled here that um, affiliated themselves with that. Um, uh, my understanding is the party over in China tries to suppress Gong. Um I think you read where or heard him say one in 13 people may have disappeared that uh, were followers of Gong. Um I think uh, what we should gain from that discussion is that the United States media seems to be heading in the same direction that the dissidents in China China saw their media head in. In other words, everything is the same. You know, uh, no one breaks lockstep. And that's scary because once the media is controlled, uh, we and you can't get your message out if you're in opposition to that. You're, you're really in a box.
0: Yes, and isn't it interesting that the Chinese dissidents are so fervently trying to warn America? I, 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 I'll answer my own, isn't that an interesting question? It's just that we really are the last bastion of freedom, and, it, we're, and they see us losing the grip, but they've given us hope. Remember when uh, the Tiananmen Square... Uh, uprising they were they had a replica of Lady Liberty uh, that they were you know marching behind and I know like the even the the kids the younger people in Hong Kong most recently in the protests were singing American worship songs uh, and waving American flags and uh, so we have to understand that America even if your teachers are not teaching you this or your professors are telling you the opposite. Uh, the, the rest of the world uh, actually knows what a great story America has, and they look to us, and that's why they flock here by the millions and have for for decades and generations. So, uh, but uh, anyway, that was a fascinating uh, conversation, and I, I thank all of you for listening. And this is uh, you know something you could share with other people to help you stay informed. We want to thank our sponsor, Preborn. Uh, Preborn does provide ultrasounds for women who are in a pregnancy that they're not sure uh, they want to have. They're not sure they want to keep that baby. And the ultrasound provides a way for them to see the baby for the first time. And so that's what we talk about mostly because that's what they do. But they also offer pregnant women financial and material assistance, and they counsel them. They counsel them on adoption, pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, parenting classes, and also they are an absolute Christian ministry where they tell these girls and their husbands or boyfriends or whoever's ear they can get about the redemptive power of Jesus Christ, uh, the forgiveness and all of that. And so they minister to, to the women, not only their physical needs, but also the spiritual. If you would like to help them, I'll go to preborn.com Sandy. That's preborn.com Sandy. Thanks for listening to Sandy Rios 24-7.